You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Yeah, I, I think the big thing we, we're working on with the quarterbacks is fundamentally what they have to do to be able to process what the, what is the defense doing. All right, get a, a pre-read of what 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 is they playing. They playing cover two. They playing cover seven. They playing three deep zone, so that you have a plan in your mind. This is where I'm reading. This is where I'm going, and this is the progression that I want to go through. And trust in that, and believe in that, and not start drifting around in the pocket. You know, before you give up on what your read might be, uh, because I think we have pretty good skill guys. I think we have guys that can make plays. And as a quarterback, uh, it's not only just the plays that you can make. And I like both guys' athleticism to be able to extend plays and get out of trouble and make plays with their feet, which they did a couple times today. But at the same time, uh, I think we've got to work on going through progressions and develop confidence and the passing game um, so that we can distribute the ball to other people who can make plays more effectively and more efficiently. Lars, Christian's playing golf. Joe's on vacation. Aiden is at the helm. Uh, Lars, what's happening? What did you do this weekend? Did you go to the A-Day game? I did not. I had uh, I had the kiddos, and uh, we had a, a terrific time. We tore up my front yard by, um, by uh, digging golf holes. And so we had a little chipping putt on my uh, front yard in Vestavia. I'm sure uh, uh, my neighbors enjoyed that. Uh, all the golf balls bouncing around everywhere. But it was a good time. Uh, and we did get a chance to catch the 8A game. And uh, it, uh, I think there's almost, uh, Matt, uh, more questions than answers at this point. Um, but, uh, uh, especially at the quarterback position. And I, and I think one thing that we definitely know is that, uh, Alabama is going to miss Bryce Young. There is just no question about it. And, uh, but we'll, we'll we're going to dig, uh, dig deeper into that as we, as we get, uh, in deeper into the show. Um, and, and Matt, uh, b- before I, I know you were at Talladega, uh, I just want to remind everybody that, uh, Big Noon Sports is brought to you by Haley Sansing of Union Home Mortgage. And, uh, really happy to have Haley on board. Matt, how was your weekend? Uh, long, but, you know, well worth it. It was a great weekend at Talladega. We had some fabulous racing yesterday was just a really good finish with a lot of question marks surrounding it um but 
the weather was fantastic. The fans were fantastic. The food was even better. And the camaraderie that I've developed over the years of that track just can't be replaced. So uh, we'll go into the race actually a little bit more, but uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see it or not, but uh, I liked the finish. My pick, Ryan Blaney, couldn't hang on. Kyle Busch, and he admitted this when we were talking to him in Victor Lane. He got lucky, you know. The sea kind of parted for him. Uh, but he didn't get lucky the first 190-something laps, whatever it was, because they had to go in overtime. Uh, because he put himself in position, and he had some, he had some rough days. He had some rough laps, but he put himself in position to win it, and by golly, he went out and took the checker flag to the Geico 500. Um, getting back to A-Day, Lars, it appears to me that there is no way... Yeah, you're right. Alabama is going to miss Bryce, by the way. <laughs> and, and one of the biggest understatements I've ever made. But um, I don't think that there's uh, any solid footing at quarterback as far as a starter. Who knows? Maybe he plays too. I, I don't know, and I don't know if any of the freshmen, I didn't see this, I just read about it, uh, one of the freshmen going to be able to come in and take over. I don't really know, but I, I do know this. I have rarely ever heard Nick Saban gush about a player the way he did Justice Haynes. That kid's yeah. pretty fabulous. Yeah, he is, uh, and there's a, a lot of young talent. I mean, I think you could make the argument that the best player on the field was Caleb Downs, uh, true freshman. That kid is going to be uh, special. He's got All-American written all over him um, and really reminds me and, and others of, of Mika Fitzpatrick and I got to know Mika pretty well when he was in Tuscaloosa. I did wrote several stories on him, and it was just his uh, his, his prep, his mental prep was uh, so thorough. And, and if Caleb Downs has the same approach as Mika, um, he really can be special. But you know the the story of the of the game, the story of of the spring was um, quarterback and who's gonna who's gonna play what. Uh, who is going to be first string, second string, third string? I mean, I think, it, 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 of course, it goes beyond the numbers, but the numbers do kind of tell the story of, of, of the pecking order at this point. You had Jalen Milrow going 19 to 37, um, 245 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. But then he also, he had 13 carries, 65 yards rushing. Uh, Ty Simpson, 12 of 26, 155 yards rushing, no touchdowns, no, or, or sorry, 150 yard, 55 yards passing, no touchdowns, no picks, six carries, 62 yards. And then you had a true freshman, Dylan Lonergan, 8 of 14, uh, and then Eli Holstein, 3 of 6 for 61 yards. So, Matt, uh, <laughs> it was not – an important a performance where anyone uh at the quarterback position blew you away um this is going to be a team if they're successful is going to have to be able to run the ball there's just no question about it because at this point you got to say it's Jalen Milrose job to lose not sure if Ty Simpson looks like he's ready uh, to uh, to be a, a top flight starter in the SEC, 
And certainly there are a lot of rumors swirling about, uh, about, uh, Alabama looking into the transfer portal. Um, one name you keep hearing over and over is Miami, uh, veteran quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Um, that's again a name to, uh, to keep an eye on. But, um, I, I just, I think Alabama may be in the same position as Auburn where the starting quarterback may not be on campus yet, Matt. You know, I've heard that, and I listened to it this morning, heard some discussion about it at Talladega. Uh, I don't think they're going to do that. Hey, by the way, this is a personal opinion of Matt Coulter. I just don't think there's anybody out there when you can continue to try and develop your in-house quarterbacks. I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to fit or that potentially is he any better? Um, Auburn's a different story. They, they really need to go find somebody in, in the transfer portal, and I believe Hugh Freeze will. But given the fact that you think this is going to be more of a running team, which I think we've been leaning in that direction since the uh, conclusion of last season. But tell me about the running backs, and particularly go into some detail about Justice Haynes. Is, is he jumping to the top of the quarter, uh, running back room? Certainly looks like it. Um, he's a he's clearly a, a special player, um, and I think he's going to flourish under this new look offense of Tommy Reese. And then we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. Um, but um, yeah, he he scored a team high three touchdowns. Um, he's from Georgia. Uh, he had ten carries. Uh, was the most of any running back. For 24 yards, I mean, so the stats don't blow you away on the ground, but he also caught a, a four catches for 40 yards and another score. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's so hard to, and it, you know, you and I have been watching Alabama spring games for a long time and really just spring games in general. It, it, you want to divine from what you see on the field in the spring game how that is going to really project, right, to the fall. And that's a big mistake, right, because this is it's – a, it's a practice. It's a practice. And um, and so I, I don't know. Uh, but, but right now, I mean, he, he does look like – he looks like the real deal. Uh, he's got maturity uh, for a freshman – um, nothing seems too big for him. Uh, he's not intimidated. He's tough. Uh, as they say in coach speak, he runs behind his pads. He's got speed. He's got a good receipt. He's a good receiver. He can, as, as Saban said, he, he can make you miss. Um, and, and Saban went out of his way to say that he will contribute to the team this year. Um, so we'll, uh, We'll see, but um, you know, Jace McKellen, he had 37 yards on seven carries. Roydell Williams had seven touches for 43 total yards, um, and uh, and again, Milrow was especially effective on, with his feet. And I think when all all things being equal for Nick Saban, if you have two quarterbacks who you know are inexperienced. But one guy can make plays off script with his feet, and the other guy uh, is not as good doing that. Put your money on the quarterback who can run, right? And it goes back to 
uh, <laughs> I, I just keep, I always think of Johnny Menzel. And when Nick Saban saw Menzel just zigzag all through his defense and, and all those years ago, um, that just made Nick, re- I mean, it's just like, it made Nick realize that he needed a quarterback who can make plays. He needed a dual threat. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where things stand. I, I think Milrow is uh, definitely the leader in the clubhouse. I want to talk a little bit more and let you folks hear what Nick Saban had to say about Justice Haynes. And you think whether or not my my word gush over Haynes is over the top. I don't think so. You listen to his enthusiasm, his emotion, and then what he says about this young player. We'll put that up next on the other side of the break. You're listening. Big News Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lee Sand thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. The Tuscaloosa Mayor's Cup. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high around 70. Tonight, fair and cool with a low at 43. For tomorrow, partially sunny. The chance of a shower by mid to late afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high 72. I'm James Pham on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big News Sports. Appreciate everybody joining us. Brought to you by Ailey Sensing Choice Mortgage. Appreciate uh, their involvement with our radio show as we continue on this Monday show after A Day, after Talladega. It was really a pretty big sports weekend. I uh, wish the Atlanta Braves had showed up. They've, uh, I think, lost now four in a row and let the Strohs sweep them. Dirty cheetahs. I just don't like Houston anymore. I can't after what they did and how they did it. So, anyway, um, we were talking about Justice Haynes running back, and he was, I, I think, he and Malik Benson may have been the shining stars on offense. Um, the rest of that, I think, is to be determined. But one of the things I heard from people in attendance and then watching the reports on television and listening on radio, Alabama's defense may be pretty B.A. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is going to have to be a uh, defensive-led team, I believe, uh, because, uh, again, it's, it's, it's pretty clear that um, – Bryce Young is going to be dearly, dearly missed, and Bryce Young is uh, going to become a very wealthy uh, young man. Well, he actually already is a very wealthy young man, thanks to NIL. 
Um, but uh, uh, he's going to be sorely missed. And so this is going to be a defensive-led team. And you saw just Kevin Steele's impact as a defensive coordinator, especially in the first half. Uh, the defense was just, uh, you know, f- uh, playing fast, force- forcing turnovers. Um, uh, Malachi Moore looked really, really good. Uh, Caleb Downs, as I mentioned, uh, five-star freshman, he had uh, four tackles and an interception. Um, and just, uh, you know, it's kind of just you – know, there were s- several players that, that y- you – that just stuck out, right? And, uh, and, and again, Malachi Moore, um, just the pressure he generated, uh, playing the, the, the star position, uh, he really made Jalen Milroe uncomfortable, uh, several different times, uh, d- during the first half. So something to keep an eye on. But, uh, yeah, I think overall it's, uh, it's going to be the defense that is going to be the uh, signature of this Alabama team. And again, I think that's a reflection on the fact that the offense, to me, it's going to be a work in progress for a while. And um, I, I know it's way too early to to really look at the schedule, but when you have an inexperienced quarterback and you got a team like Texas early on in the season, uh, that, that is, and, and, and Texas is going to be trotting out a kid who is very, very good at quarterback. Um, you better, you know, be aware or be on upset alert. I think, uh, Alabama overall still has more talent than Texas, except at quarterback. Uh, by the way, this is Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. How about special teams? I haven't seen any numbers. The only thing I saw is that Will Reichert missed a short 50-yarder. Can you provide more details on how the, the punting and the kicking went? Um, really, I mean, it's, it's it was just sort of average, but um, I wouldn't be too concerned about Reichert. Uh, you know, it, it, it's... Alabama field goal kicking has, has been something that has just drove Alabama fans crazy for years. And I've spent a lot of time talking about that on this show, uh, especially with Jay. And I've come to the conclusion that the one constant through all, all of the, these kickers' struggles is what? It's Nick Saban, and and and, I, and I, I'm not saying he's doing anything wrong. Okay, don't come at me, don't tar and feather me here. But um, but no, I, I think Reichert's going to be just fine. He has been. Wasn't it two years ago? He didn't miss anything. Yeah. Um, and it, I'll be t- honest with you, I I like Reichert. Now every once in a while he'll come up short or wide right or wide left. But to be honest with you, I think Alabama's lucky to get him back for another year. I think he'll kick in the NFL. Do you? I do. I mean, he'll certainly get a look. Uh, he's, he's, he's got the, the leg, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am surprised. Yeah. I mean, in, in, I think, uh, special teams again is going to be more important than ever. Yeah. Because of uh, the inexperience of quarterback, 
And, and I hate to keep hammering on that, but obviously quarterback's the most important position on the field. And I mean, you can mitigate that by, you know, doing different things with, you know, running the ball, uh, having your quarterback, uh, undesigned runs, um, you know, quick passing game. Um, and, uh, I, I do think the Alabama receivers are going to be improved over last year. There's really nowhere to go but up. It was a position of weakness, uh, last season. Um, but also it, it's the spring game, right? I mean, they're not, Nick Saban's not going to show anything. Uh, I think they, they, he typically calls about five different plays on offense. And, um, and I, and I think we just saw the, the sort of energy that Kevin Steele brings to the defense. Um, I, I do think, uh, Alabama is going to be probably, you know, more risk taking, uh, blitzing from different positions, different, uh, spots on the field, uh, really looking to apply pressure. Uh, that's sort of Kevin Steele's calling card. But again, it's a spring game. Don't want to overreact. Uh, and I, re- I remember, uh, several years ago, uh, when I was, uh, a quote unquote assistant coach for the spring game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty interesting experience. So you're in the, in, in the locker room before the game, you hear Coach Saban give a little pep talk, and and then in, they go in at halftime, and you, you realize just how kind of it, it's like it's like organized chaos, right? <laughs> in the in the locker room, because uh, really they meet in position groups, uh, don't have much time, uh, just maybe like you know three or four minutes of uh, position group meetings. And then Coach Saban will say maybe 30 seconds worth of, uh, of, of, or offer 30 seconds worth of thoughts. And then boom, you're back out on the field. But I remember Coach Saban was asked, you know, um, about his play calling in the, in the spring game by a reporter. And, uh, oh, Matt, this poor reporter, <laughs> Nick Saban just, just lit him up, uh, telling him, uh, or he asked the reporter, what, do you want me to tell Michigan exactly what we're gonna, yeah. what, what we're gonna, what we're gonna do? Uh, should I give him our playbook? And, and so he, you know, he's aware. Every coach is. I mean, I, and I think that is one reason. Well, it's kind of always been that way, but it's, it's one reason that spring games across the country, it just doesn't hold the interest of fans like they used to. Uh, you remember, I mean, the Alabama spring game used to be on ESPN and, uh, you couldn't now find it's it. Colorado. Yeah. I mean, basically Colorado was the only national, yeah. nationally telecast spring game. But and, they streamed it, you know, they streamed Alabama's. I mean, you could watch it like a football game. You just had to use your computer or hook your computer or whatever up to your television set. But uh, one of the things I would really like to be in on is the meeting that Saban had after the game or this morning with all his new coaches. I wonder how he evaluated their performance on Saturday. You got any clue? I can't, uh, I don't have one. I mean, I don't no. know. I mean, I think everything was pretty scripted out uh, ahead of time. Uh, 
but they just want to make sure that everything is uh, run smoothly, you know, getting the plays on time, being able to line in the right position. Lars Anderson, Mad Coulter. We've got Aiden Christian uh, playing uh, in the saving ball. So that's what they're doing today. Good for them. Stay for it. Um, you're listening. Oh, coming up is Mike Rodak from AL.com, and he can really fill in a lot of the blanks. It's front game. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Brought to you by Haley Sensing, Union Home Mortgage. From P-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205. 205- 7921813 that's 2057921813 let haley help you want to know what's going on with the crimson tide download the tide 100.9 app today Yes, from AL.com, Mike Rodak. Rodak. Uh, Mike, uh, I guess we just start in the order of things that are important to this football team, but um, I don't think there was anybody clearly jumped out at quarterback. Do you? Give us your thoughts. You've been covering this team all year. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it certainly didn't really uh, you didn't walk out of the stadium with any more clarity than you walked in with. And to be honest, really? I probably walked out of the stadium with, with less clarity. Yeah. Uh, than what I walked in with. And I, you know, I, you got the sense from spring practice itself that Jalen Miller was probably a little bit in the lead. And obviously that was reflected in kind of how they arranged the rosters. And Miller had the first team offense, if you will, and first team offensive line and all that. Um, and so it seemed like there was a little bit of an edge there. But I would say Ty Simpson outplayed him on Saturday. But I also don't think it was you know, clear Ty Simpson was the better quarterback either. Like, I don't think it was overwhelming in his direction. So, you know, where that leaves them now uh, is a a great question because I think there's probably still a lot of uncertainty. There's, you know, whatever it is, 20-something practices in August that uh, this could continue to play out in. Um, At some point, there will need to be a decision. Uh, Again, that assumes that there's no – changes personnel wise to the position either 
Um, but in terms of the actual game, you know, I thought Milrow had a couple nice throws. He had the 36-yard touchdown to Emmanuel Henderson, which was a great throw. Had a couple to Kendrick Law down the sideline that were great. Uh, had the Christian Story interception, which I think was just a, a bad decision, and that clearly irritated Nick Saban. Had that last drive at the end of the game where he had the four passes to Malik Benson and the touchdown. That was also against the walk-on cornerback and a walk-on safety that they were kind of picking on. Uh, so I would not put a ton of stock into that. Um, and then on Simpson's side, he had the one interception, which wasn't as bad. I thought that was a great play by Earl Little. Um, and he had a couple passes that were dropped, like Jermaine Burton dropped like a 30, 40 yard catch that would have really made Simpson's stats look better. So I don't know. Uh, it's, it's kind of one of those where it just, I think it just needs to keep on going on and, and we'll have to see what happens in August. What um, most impressed you just uh, overall? Uh, it, it, was there a certain player, uh, a unit that uh, was stronger than you thought it would be? Uh, what uh, what's, what jumped out at you, Mike? Yeah, you know, I thought just from freshmen coming in, Caleb Downs looked really comfortable playing safety. There were some nice open field tackles that he made, one you know, in quotes, a tackle that he made on Milrow um, on, on a run where, you know, tag off for the quarterback, but he still squared up and, and prevented a first down. That was a good play. There was another one on a wide receiver screen later in the game. I thought he made a good play on and even heard, you know, Kevin Steele apparently talking to the ESPN guys that he doesn't look like a freshman. He looks like a senior. Um, so if he can have that in your secondary, you know, that's a, that's a big help for, for all the turnover that they've had. And then offensively, you know, we've probably talked about it 30 times now, but, you know, I think Justice Haynes is really the story um, in terms of a guy who also looks really comfortable, uh, seems to have a good feel when he was down by the goal line and finding those holes and kind of keeping his feet moving and just looked like an, looked like a, a running back who was very natural, which, you know, goes to it, – it's not surprising because his dad was an NFL running back. Like, I'm sure there's some bloodlines and just some familiarity for that, but – um, I think the big question for him is, does he kind of take over? Like we kind of was, we're in this mode where it was going to be Jace McClellan, Roydell Williams. Well, is it going to be Jace McClellan and Justice Haynes? Is it going to be Justice Haynes and Jace McClellan? I don't think that running back depth chart in terms of the order is really set. And there's certainly an opportunity for Haynes to be the number one guy. But they'll alternate up. They'll all get carries. But uh, when I heard, Nick Saban's comments about Haynes. He, I mean, he literally gushed over the kid. Was he that impressive to Mike Rodak too? Yeah, you know, I think it, there wasn't a ton of um, running sort of in between the 20s in, in the in the payday game. There was two touchdowns that Haynes scored or down by the goal line. But even then, like, I think he, he was able to make some good plays on both of those. Uh, the touchdown catch that he had, he was wide open that was more the result of both of the inside linebackers covering the tight end, which was a busted coverage. But, you know, Haynes, I think, still found the open area and, you know, caught the ball. It was a good throw from Lonergan to see him, and everything worked out timing-wise. But, you know, there wasn't a ton of, um, you know, you're sitting at the 40-yard line and Justice Haynes is breaking off a 10-, 15-yard run. Um, they just didn't run the ball a whole lot in those sort of situations. So there, was a, there was a decent amount of passing in this game, which I think, you know, they wanted to get a look at all that. So, um, the sample size on that part of it was small, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he looks, he looks the part, you know, he looks developed. He looks like he, he, he knows what he's doing out there and that always helps. 
Mike, uh, with the caveat that uh, coaches tend not to show basically anything in spring games, did we learn anything about Tommy Reese and the offense that he is going to run this fall at Alabama? Yeah, you know, I, I think there are certainly a lot of people who thought, you know, maybe he might take some of the Notre Dame stuff in terms of the tight ends and, and running the ball and bring that to Alabama. And I think I was on your show early on, and I said I just didn't really see that myself because, A, he's taking the Saban playbook, not the Notre Dame playbook. And, B, there's still a lot of talent at receiver because that's where they've recruited the last five, six, seven years pretty heavily. And that, I think, showed on Saturday. There was mostly three wide receiver sets. There wasn't a whole lot of two tight end stuff. Um, and even Reese talking to the, you know, the ESPN people in the, uh, the production meeting was basically saying that they felt like they're really deep at receiver. And Jordan Rogers came away from that conversation thinking that they weren't going to run a lot of two tight end stuff. Uh, because at the end of the day, they, they have more talent, a wide receiver. Uh, they don't, they might not have that one dominant guy. And I think that's still an issue to some extent, but they go six deep. I would say those, those top six receivers can all get on the field and play this season and what's well, fear out the order of that. But I think they're, we're going to see still a lot of shotgun, a lot of three wide receiver stuff. I don't think the offense structurally is going to change a whole lot from what we've seen. How did the old line hold up? Uh, you know, fairly well outside of Elijah Pritchett. I think he had a, a pretty rough day at left tackle. Um, there was five sacks that I counted that he really gave up, and it, it could have been even one more than that. Um, and it was to different guys, too. Keanu Codd and uh, Quandarius Robinson, Justin Boydby. There's a, there's a few different guys who kind of got to him, whether it was full rushes or kind of Malachi Moore kind of beat him around the edge underneath his arm one time. Just the dot did not look nearly as good as, you know, J.C. Latham did on the other side in terms of the, uh, you know, the pass protection. So, you know, that's a position I think there certainly could be a competition in August with him and Caden Proctor, um, you know, the freshman, the five-star who was on the second team at left tackle. And, uh, you know, there's, there was even a play in the second half later in the game where the offense only had 10 guys in the field. They walked out there and everybody was looking around like, where's, where's Elijah Pritchett? And I guess he forgot to come out onto the field. Everybody's calling him off the sideline and he has to run out late and line up at left tackle when everybody was ready to run a play. So that stuff I'm sure will drive coaches nuts. And um, yeah, I think that's, that could very well be a position that's up for grabs this summer. Mike, is it your sense that this is going to be a team that is, is sort of led by its defense uh, and, and it's going to go kind of back to the the early years of Saban at Alabama, where the 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 calling card, the signature of of Alabama football was the defense. Was like guys like Dante Hightower, uh, Josh Chapman. Uh, did, did you, is that your gut? Uh, just because of the upheaval, uh, not just at quarterback, but at other positions on the offense. It's certainly possible. You know, I think it, it might have to be, especially early on. Um, with that said, you know, there's still a lot to be determined defensively, too. I mean, there's we obviously we, we saw Terry and Arnold struggle at corner last year, and he's right now one of your starting corners. So people can come after him. Um, you know, there's there's holes in the defense that you don't have the Will Anderson coming off the edge anymore that teams have the game plan for. 
So, yeah, I think ideally the defense is, is strong enough for Alabama to kind of lean on it, but it, it may not be. That, that could be an issue, too. Um, but then offensively, you know, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's going to be a, a learning curve for whoever starts a quarterback in, in terms of getting comfortable and, you know, Reese getting comfortable as a play caller and all that. I think there's a capability for the offense, you know, with if Justice Haynes comes along, if the receivers come along, there's there's a capability for the offense to carry the team again. Uh, but it's just a projection, and we just don't know how that's all going to work by October or November. So uh, there's questions on both sides of the ball, and I'm not sure that, you know, one side you can kind of predict right now is, is going to be um, the centerpiece of the team. Hey, Mike, as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, what can we get? You have several posts, stories on AL.com that I urge people to go and read. Uh, what are you working on? You got anything in the future? And how do people follow you and uh, read you? Yeah, kind of flipping over to the NFL draft. It never really ends. You know, spring ball, and now we're back in the draft season. So that will be the uh, you know the rest of the week here. But you can find me on AL.com as well as on Twitter at Mike Rodak. Uh, let me ask you one more question as we go to the NFL draft. That is Thursday night. Lars is having the biggest party in the history of Birmingham, by the way. Everyone's invited. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it it's priced to Carolina? That's the way it seems. That's that's the direction everything's gone. It seems like the CJ Stroud momentum has fallen apart and uh, you know, Bryce canceled his remaining visits, so I don't know if he's gotten a official word from them, but I would imagine between now and Thursday afternoon, we're going to hear some reports that he's their guy because there's nothing strategically that the Panthers really have to gain by holding up too much longer on that one. And Mike, uh, before before we let you go, what is your analysis opinion uh, of how C.J. Stroud somehow is just uh, perceived to be falling? And I, I don't understand like all of a sudden these negative stories coming out about this kid how he can't process information he doesn't read defenses very well and and it's really uh head scratching to me i mean just your thoughts on on stroud yeah the draft you know just from covering it nfl wise there's a lot of momentum really where one person kind of gets on a certain line of thinking and then the mob kind of follows that so we saw that happen both ways with Stroud. I think people, when the Panthers first made that trade, everybody said, well, Frank Reich wants a taller quarterback. It's going to be C.J. Stroud. And everybody kind of jumped on that bandwagon. And then the latest thing has really been the S2 cognitive test, which I guess is kind of the new wonderlick, where C.J. Stroud reportedly did not fare very well. He's a very low score. Bryce Young had a very good score. Um, so that's kind of fueled a lot of this latest talk. But again, it's, it's one of those things where it starts to move one direction and everything kind of follows. Uh, there's a lot of inertia, uh, once it starts moving. So that's, that's kind of how the draft works. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where your pick. CJ Stroud could get picked 10th and still turn into a really good NFL quarterback. He could get picked first and he might not. Like it's, it's not going to matter after Thursday. Great stuff as always, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. You got it. Thank you. We're all uh, hanging out and kind of doing our stuff there at Talladega, and somebody showed me their phone, and I went, you're kidding me. We'll talk about that.
coming up on Big News Sports. Covering SEC sports like couldn't do on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imagined and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high around 70. Tonight, fair and cool with a low at 43. For tomorrow, partially sunny. The chance of a shower by mid to late afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Old the guy named Hey, uh, happy vacation, Joe Gaither. He worked his butt off for the Tide 100.9 station in Tuscaloosa and for this show. And um, have a great time. You certainly earned it. And thank you, Aiden, for filling in admirably. So we're hanging around Saturday night, and somebody just, we were watching a Braves game, I think. And um, I looked, somebody, 
you know, gives you a little punch, show you something on their phone. And they showed me USFL scores. And it was relatively early. And it was 35 to 2 stallions. And I went, oh, my, what what have they done? Their defense held Memphis, the showboats, who back in the early 80s, they were Birmingham's biggest rivalry. Uh, and and it, it got ugly a few times. Uh, evidently, it didn't have a chance to get ugly with this one. Final score, 45 to 2. I've got some... Uh, I got some stats I could lay on you, but it's pretty incredible what they did offensively and defensively against Memphis, Lars. It really is. uh, 45 to 2, that is a major league you-know-what whipping. Yeah, they found themselves a quarterback in uh, Alex uh, Magoo, or I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's actually more like Magoo. Magoo, yeah. and uh, he's he's a good one. He I, I, he very well may be the best quarterback in this league. I mean, he's right. I, AJ McCarron has emerged as the face. Or, I'm sorry, excuse me. I I just confused myself. AJ's in the XFL. Yeah, uh, but he, he is the face of the XFL, and I think what you just said, mistake or not, is very relevant. I don't have a player in the USFL yet. That is the face. But there's no question. Um, St. Louis got him a good deal in A.J. McCarron. But anyway, go back, go on, continue with uh, your thoughts on the cube. Yeah, no, I mean, I've just seen him play uh, a, a little bit, and he he's accurate and – um, he's, uh, you know, he's got, he's, he's got ideal size, 6'3", 214. Um, he, uh, he's, he's bumped around the, the NFL, uh, started, uh, with a, he was around seven pick out of FIU, um, back in 2018, uh, by the Seahawks and then was with the Jags and then with Texans and then back to the Seahawks and, and, and now with the Stallions and he just, he reminds me of a guy who like, like a Chase McDaniel, uh, which is a name from the past a little bit. He was a, he was a Missouri quarterback. He was only like 5'10, so they're not the same stature. But Chase McDaniel earned something like 35 million in, in the NFL, uh, as a backup. And he, he threw something like 13 passes in his career. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I, and I, but I think this kid, he's got something. I, I say kid, he's 27. Um, there's something special about him, really. And, um, uh, he's, he, he's fun to watch. And, uh, you know, have, I'm, the, he, he makes, well, one, I, I don't know how Skip Holtz does it. <laughs> but he has the most talent of uh, of any roster you know i mean he 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 obviously does it through uh research and and you know in in roster construction but it's just it's it's, it's pretty clear to me that it, it's like the stallions and then everybody else um and uh and, and this kid again kid uh alex Magoo, alex magoo um very talented matt you know uh he had, I'm assuming he took all the snaps. The USFL box scores are, uh, be quite honest with you, they live a, 
They don't have individual stats, so I'm kind of looking at the team stats here. I'm sure I could find it elsewhere. I'm just babbling on for no reason. 291 yards through the air and four touchdowns. If that's all, Alex, that's all very, very good. And as much as we want to talk about quarterbacks, and we do, uh, there's justification for that. Uh, man, defense that holds another team, a professional football team, to just two. Uh, that's pretty incredible. And by the way, I can't remember, honestly, Lars, uh, <laughs> what time I got up. But we had Alex on last week, but I can't remember if you were on the same day. Do you remember talking to him? <laughs> I think I was off that day. But he, uh, was, he was incredible. Um Oh, okay, here, I can find out whether or not he eats in his home, in his apartment, every meal because of allergies. He can't go out. He, oh, right, I was I was on for that. Okay. <laughs> I got, yeah. I mean, when you got three out. little kids and, uh, like, three different jobs, it's <laughs> I sometimes lose track. But, yes. But he, I, he's... I, he said any time. So let's, we'll, we will have him on the show tomorrow unless he has something previously scheduled because he was, uh, just a, a real feel good, nice guy interview. And who knows? Maybe he ends up becoming the AJ McCarron of the USFL. Yeah. No, I, I it, he definitely warrants like a, a deeper exploration into his career. And, you know, for some, some guys are just like late bloomers and, and, uh, you know, Kurt Warner. Right, he's a Hall of Famer. Great example. Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer. He 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 uh, was in you know these backwater leagues. Uh, not saying the USFL is a backwater league, but um, he was playing arena football. Yeah, he was playing arena football and stocking the shelves, as the story goes, and in the uh, in a grocery store in the cornfields of Iowa and. And and in arena league, he he developed uh, a sense of accuracy that he didn't have when he was in college. And next thing you know, he's a starting quarterback for the Rams after Trent Dilfer gets hit on that, or not Trent Dilfer, Trent Green gets hit by Rodney Harrison on that dirty hit by Harrison. Um, and one of Warner, Warner goes on to lead him to uh, the Super Bowl. One of the great stories in NFL history. Hey, Lars, you know, when you get up, look at the paper. Whoops, we don't do that. Or you get online. Uh, occasionally somewhere in the heading, it'll say, guess what? It's national, I don't know, peanut picking day or whatever. Well, today's national day is quite interesting, and that will be our topic next hour on Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Mizzen and Main. And if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 14 
Ben University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. <laughs> Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a, a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectricalabama.com to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the Alabama Clean Fuels Coalition. The ABA and this station. This is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street, across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirits destination. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Back on Big Noon Sports. It's Matt Colby along with Lars Anderson, Hayden, and our usual cast of characters, Big Moon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Lars, you know what I'm talking about when you have a national day? Like yesterday was national, not just cheesecake, but national cherry cheesecake day. Mm. Uh, and, you know, some of them are just, uh, just nonsensical in many ways. It's like, who thought this up? But today, in addition to being National Pigs in a Blanket Day, I'm all about that, um, it is National Bucket List Day. Uh, and I like bucket lists. I think it's perfectly described. I mean, before you kick the bucket, you need to do this. But I'm going to give our number and website so you folks can contribute here. 
But this is really, this is a phone interact, so I'm laying it down for our listeners. Call 205-342-9904. And, Lars, I, I did this without really discussing it with you. I just liked the topic. We'll talk more about A-Day. We'll talk more about Talladega. But it just struck me as something fun to do on a sunny spring afternoon. Bucket list. What would be your and, – and I'm going to keep it to sports because this is a sports talk show. What is one event in sport that you haven't attended that you would put on this list? Well, the first thing that pops to mind is uh, going to an event that I have attended, but taking my three kids with me. You know what? That's a great point because it you know, and you know, where I'm, you know where I'm going with this um, to Memorial Stadium in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Like some of my most uh, cherished memories took place there with my father. And it's like we bonded in in a way in that stadium in a way that we never did anywhere else. Uh, and that's the, the one of the beauties of, of sports, the power of sports, the greatness of sports. And so, you know, just the the, uh, the chance to take my my kids uh, just to a game. I mean, I took Lincoln, uh, my my seven year old, to his first Alabama basketball game this past season, and he absolutely loved it. Um, but it'd be fun to to uh, take all all three of my young young children uh, to a to a football game uh, back in Nebraska. Uh, but it's terms of sporting events that I have never attended. Boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> when you, boy, when you've attended a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, when you're at, at Sports Illustrated for <laughs> 20 years and then Bleach. I mean, I've been in, in, I've been in the game traveling around the country for about 25 years. Um, maybe. Like a Manchester United uh, soccer game over in uh, over in England. Uh, I've never done that. Um, I'm trying to think uh, domestically. I've never been to the Super Bowl, but I have no desire to go to the Super Bowl uh, just because it's, it's it's just such a corporate event. Um, you know, I, I think one of the most surprisingly cool events that I've ever attended is uh, the Indy 500. I think every sport, every sporting fan should, uh, everyone who just loves sports should try to make it to the Indy 500 at least once. Um, and, uh, boy, I, I, I don't know. Matt, that, that's a really good question. Um I'd like to hear from uh, our listeners and, and put out the number there again because this is one of those funds. We'll take a call, get a reason, and move along. So if you're driving in your car, please do it hands-free. But call 205-342-9904. I don't think I've ever asked you this because it would be – I'll tell you what my top bucket list is in just a minute. But I wanted to ask you since we've both been afforded the opportunity, you more so than myself – to cover a lot of games and do a lot of cool stuff. But I've never covered a Final Four or been to a Final Four. Have you? Uh, I have not. I, I've covered a lot of NCAA basketball. Oh. 
Yeah, that, that that would be fun. Uh I've covered a lot of NCAA basketball uh tournaments, but uh first round, second round, third round, fourth round, never uh never to a final four. But yeah, that that would be fun. That would be fun. And uh, I had a friend who uh, went this past year down to uh Houston for the final four and uh, he just t- had a great time. Great time. Oh, my How about how about, how about destination? Like I definitely there's two there's two places in the world that I would like to go that I haven't been, and number one is Greece. I, I love uh, I love uh, everything about Athens and uh, I know people in Greece. Well, let's let's go. Got a place to stay. I've also never been to Alaska. I really want to go to Alaska. Me either. Uh, both counts. How about you? Oh. uh yeah, I'm a huge fan of really good red wine and pasta. Uh, I'd like to go somewhere in Italy. Uh, and, and there's so much history there, too. Um, yeah. But uh, and Karen and I are going to do that. That That, that is going to happen. I want to jump back to the sports side of it for just a minute because I've been there, but they weren't playing. And that's I want to go to Lambeau Field when my Packers are playing. Uh, and I've loved them since 66. Uh, they're my football team and I'll fight you on any corner, uh, to tell me any different. Um, but I will say this. I don't want to go in January. I want to experience the Packers at Lambeau with all the college atmosphere, but I want to do it a lot earlier in the season. Uh, cause I just don't, I don't want to get that cold, Lars. You, you lived in that kind of cold. I did. Wrapped newspapers up every day <laughs> morning. God, what a bad bike you were. It was horrible. It I was think, horrible. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was doing the, uh, the Birmingham Steel Dogs, our arena team, and we played in Green Bay, but obviously it's an arena, so you're not playing it on the no field. But we stayed right down the street, um, Back when, and I should still do this, back when I was running a good amount, uh, and it was, you know, it's a spring sport. So I ran around Lambeau Field, and I found when I ran by Curly Hallman and Vince Lombardi and their beautiful trophy, uh, beautiful statues out front. Uh, man, I, I was, I welled up. I'm, I'm old enough to admit that. I mean, I didn't break down and cry on the steps, but I just stood there and looked at it. And if I may dive deeper here, the one thing that really made me emotional is that a family of five, uh, parents and three children from ages of maybe five to ten, they got out of their car and sprinted to the front of the stadium where Lambeau and uh, Lombardi's statues are. And they're jumping up and down. The family was crying. This was obviously a bucket list item for them. And then I just looked around. I said, man, this place is cool with its history. But you know, that, those parents passed along that history of their kids. And their kids were more excited than their parents. But uh, I don't think I brought up this bucket list topic to go that deep on what. <laughs> well, yeah. But, you know, but, but it speak, means something. Speaking to me. of, an, uh, of another iconic stadium. And this may be wildly inappropriate, but what the heck. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> uh, when I was younger, 
uh, you know, just sort of right out of college. Um, I went to uh, Notre Dame for the first time and watched uh, Nebraska play the Fighting Irish in South Bend. And one of my college buddies went with me. And uh, there's a big group of us, actually. And we're walking to the stadium. And suddenly, it's like a Category 5 emergency. He has to go to the bathroom. (laughs) He has to go to the bathroom. And so he just knocked on a random person's door. No way. And offered 20 bucks. And the guy took it. (laughs) And then so my, my buddy Paul... Um, yeah, spent $20 on that. And then Nebraska ends up winning the game in overtime, 27-24. Uh, my brother, uh, fainted, fate, fainted, uh, when Eric Crouch scored the winning touchdown. I think it was, uh, partly because of how much, uh, he had imbibed, but, uh, he ended up falling backwards. It was, Quite the memorable experience in uh, South Bend. I, I don't, I don't think my friend is like ever allowed back. Uh, at that house or just? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I got an at the house story. I may share with you on the other side of this break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Experience Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high around 70. Tonight, fair and cool with the low at 43. For tomorrow, partially sunny. The chance of a shower by mid to late afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big News Sports, Lars, Matt, Chris playing golf in the Saban Tournament, and um, Joe's on vacation. Good for Joe, and Aiden is filling in. Hey, I'm going to uh, just tell this quick story, because Lars reminded me of that, because um, I always just thought it was funny as you know what. Uh, there was a tournament used to be played here with uh, Charlie Boswell at the helm. He was, I think, like the 11-time, uh, not national, but like worldwide uh, blind golfer. And he was such a delightful man that people like Bob Hope, Gerald Ford, Bobby Knight would come to Birmingham and play in this tournament. Made a lot of money. It was a wonderful event. And it was a, you know what, it was a buffet for the media, Lars. I mean, you think about sitting down. I mean, I can tell people I want to interview Bob Hope, by golly. But it was a great event for golfers, sports fans, whatever. But one of their headliners was a guy named Louis Grizzard. And as a longtime journalist, I'm sure you're familiar with the, the Southern prose of Louis Grizzard. Yes. His books were insightful and and they were funny as hell. But 
he would headline the dinner the night before the golf tournament, and he would just leave everyone in absolute stitches. And he made no bones about it. He liked to have a cocktail or four. And he had had several, several the night before, but his tea time was eight. So he and his group tee off, and he shanks his first two shots horribly. After two holes, he is just not playing well at all. It's hot. He's hung over. He says, I've had enough of this blank. And so he said, that house over there on the number two fairway, they look like a vodka drinker. So he walks up to this house at 830 in the morning, knocks on the back door. And we're thinking, you know, they may not know who you are. You know, what are you doing? Asking somebody to drink? Uh, about five minutes later, he came out with the biggest Bloody Mary I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. Nice. I, I like Grizzard. He is a funny man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, the guy was an absolute legend. And uh, I've just heard so many stories about uh, Grizzard uh, over the years. Um, but, but, man, I, I just want to sort of hopscotch around the country about what transpired on Saturday in a couple different spring games that, that caught my eye. And not surprisingly, really going to focus on the quarterback position. But uh, Notre Dame, uh, you know, Sam Hartman, probably the biggest transfer of the offseason from, from Wake Forest. Um, but uh, he looked spectacular. He was – he looked at yeah for for the Fighting Irish. He uh, in their in their spring game on Saturday. He was uh, thirteen of sixteen, one hundred eighty nine yards, two touchdowns, and um, he just uh, he 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 made plays that you haven't seen a Notre Dame quarterback make in quite a while, and um, and so he's he's really somebody to keep an eye on. And he really could, uh, you know, do some special things at Notre Dame. And again, it's spring, so you don't want to get too overheated and, 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 you know, project like, hey, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate because he was 13 of 16 in the, in the <laughs> glorified practice. But Sam Hartman looked really good. Um, this one isn't quarterback related, but at Nebraska, uh, Matt Rule, finally uh, the new head coach, he welcomed back Frank Solich. Uh, Solich hadn't been back on on in Lincoln uh, since he was fired after just one year after leading the Cornhuskers to national championship. Solich was a uh, he played fullback at Nebraska back in the fifties, and uh, it was pretty cool. Matt Rule. In a classy gesture, the very first play of the game was fullback trap. <laughs> so, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then they stopped the game and, and had Frank, uh, address the crowd. And, and I've gotten to know Frank really well over the years. You know, he, he went on to become just an absolute legendary coach at Ohio University, um, uh, for like 17, 20 years. And it was through uh, my. Now I did a story on on Solich at Ohio, and it was through that association I got to know 
uh, Jimmy Burrow, who is uh, Joe Burrow's dad. So it all goes back to Joe Burrow. You know that. Everything goes <laughs> right through Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, and then on, also on, on Saturday, uh, at down, down, down on the bayou, uh, Tiger quarterback Jaden Daniels, man, he was sharp. Uh, completed 10 of 11 for 168 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he hit on multiple deep shots. Uh, he really looked just, uh, as sharp as, as a quarterback could. And it almost makes you reevaluate what is the ceiling for this LSU team, right? I mean, Brian Kelly entering his second season. You know, love him or not, Brian Kelly can develop quarterbacks. And he's had time now, you know, to sort of sculpt Jaden Daniels. And he looked great. He looked great. Uh, so that, that's a storyline, obviously, to um, to keep an eye on. And then just Colorado. Uh, it was the only game that was uh, their spring game, the only one that was nationally televised. And. And I think, uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't, Deion Sanders is not, and, and the Buffaloes aren't going to be challenging for a national championship anytime soon. But, you know, just the buzz that Deion Sanders has generated. And I know, like, guys are entering the portal. He's, the guys are coming out of the portal. It, it, it's just, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's really, it's like it's head spinning to uh, try to keep up with what's happening at Colorado. Um, but it's just a, it's a boost to the entire Pac-12. The fact that Deion Sanders is now in that conference and he's generating so much attention. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, look, um, it's like, it, it, what was the biggest story nationally yesterday? Was it a new coach at Nebraska? Was it a new coach at Wisconsin? Was it the quarterback battle at Alabama? No, it nope. was Colorado. And this, and, and this is amazing. In t- last year, they had less than 2000 fans. At their spring game, less than two thousand fans. Well, guess what? Forty-seven thousand showed up yesterday. Unreal. Yeah, um, and and just uh, it, it just it, it's really uh, almost unfathomable the 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 impact that that Deion Sanders has uh, has made, and um, you know I, I I don't think it's a matter of if. Deion Sanders is going to build Colorado back into a national power, something they haven't been in, you know, 30 years. I think it's just win because it's when this is like Nick Saban level of excitement, right? I agree. Good analogy. And, and, and if you got the fan base and you got somebody like, uh, who is charismatic as, as Deion Sanders, um, it's, uh, you know, he was he had his cowboy hat on and uh, <laughs> wearing a jacket that just was his nickname Prime on it. Uh, he's known as Coach Prime. I mean, he just he does things that you've never seen done before, right? From a coach, 
They said things that I'm not sure a lot of guys could get away with. I I agree. I I agree. I mean, and that's that's why I I sort of preface this is like you kind of either you don't have a uh, a nonchalant feeling about Deion Sanders. It's like you everybody has an opinion about him. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people's opinion is not favorable, but it's, it's pretty impressive what he has been able to do in a very, very short amount of time just by pumping up the interest of the fan base. And you know what that translates to? That translates to NIL dollars. What does that translate to? That translates to recruiting better players. And that all goes back to Deion Sanders. He may have a big hand in saving that conference. Hey, right now I want to take a phone call from my buddy Joe, who's uh, in Birmingham. Joe is dialed in 205-342-9904. What's up, Joe? It's good to hear from you, man. Hey, it's good to hear both of you. Bucket list for me would be a World Series game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've uh, been fortunate enough to go to uh, attend several World Series uh, games when uh, the Yankees were uh, sort of the height of their dynasty with uh, Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera. And I'll never forget, it was, <laughs> I had tickets and I was literally in the last row at Yankee Stadium. And it, it, maybe it was Jeter or I think it was Scott Brocious, uh, hit like a walk off home run. And somehow, even though I was in the last row, I got drenched in beer. I absolutely got <laughs> drenched in beer. I've never, uh, been at a baseball game, Matt, where the crowd was that electric. Joe, you got another one, man. You're a, you're a serious sports fan. Well, Something you know, other than World well, you know, Matt, mine's more like there would be things I would like to see, not personally maybe, but things I'd like to see happen before I leave. You know, in 2005, 2006, I'm thinking Alabama may never win another national championship in football. And I thought it'll never be as good as it once was. And look what happened. I'd love to see Alabama win one in basketball. For goodness sakes, I'd even take the NIT. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see him win in baseball. Don't know. Uh, living here in Birmingham, uh, Lars, Matt will tell you, Birmingham at one time, a couple of times, float, uh, flirted with landing a franchise in one of the big four. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt, probably, Matt can tell you this. Birmingham actually hosted a regular season American Football League game in 1968. The Jets yep. and the then Boston Patriots. And that was Jets and Joe's run to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, but the closest Birmingham has ever come is not that. It was the National Hockey League. It was the WHA and the Bulls. And the first year Birmingham had the Birmingham Bulls. They were actually, at the end of the year, they were going to take every team in the WHA and something happened. 
I've even read the newspaper accounts where the Bulls had an answer machine said, get season tickets, we're going into the NHL. It Something happened, it fell apart, and the next year they took four of them, and John Bassett, who owned the Bulls, said he did not want to be a part of it. Birmingham and Cincinnati were left out. Birmingham and its fan base went crazy over hockey. You wouldn't think about that being the case initially, but then you think about, you know, Birmingham's old school, pretty much blue collar. They love to see, they love to see hits on a football field, but they like to see two guys collide on ice. Well, also, Matt, Matt, just look how well the Predators draw up in Nashville. I mean, there was so much, uh, talk about hockey never flourishing in the, in the South, and that just, that's not the case. All right, Joe, before I let you go, bucket list destination non-sports. Oh, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe Los Angeles or Las Vegas. Something yeah. like that. I haven't well, been we, either. We can all go to Vegas. I don't know if I want to go to Los Angeles anymore. Uh, Joe, thank I'm you for not, time. I'm not Appreciate sure. Hey, Matt, I'm a radio uh, Nielsen guy this week. Oh, you can. Hey, what do you want for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I've got you down. Don't worry. I take I care of everybody. I wish y'all well. Uh, thank you, Joe. You're a good take guy. Care. He's actually a very good friend of mine. I like Joe. Um, all right, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. Uh, when we get back, I want to ask you if you saw the wreck at Talladega. And let's revisit A-Day game with the University of Alabama right here on Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley. Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Jeff go to the hospital, and as he's being checked in, a nurse asked him, um, so uh, what, what, what happened? And he said, oh, I got in a car accident. And she said, oh, really? Well, how fast were you going? <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff just deadpans. I think I think one sixty eight. And uh, Jeff, yeah, he he loves. He, he told me that story, and right, of course, right when he told me that story, I knew that that was going to be the lead, right, of the, the piece that I was writing. Uh, but but again, going back. Like, I'm sure you've had similar conversations with NASCAR drivers. It's, I mean, the barrel rolls are scary. They're spectacular, but they aren't necessarily the ones that have the potential to be fatal. Do, do you, do you agree with that? 100%. And, um, as you know, I've, I've been in and around the Alabama gang for 40 years now. And God bless them all with us and not with us, but. Davey once told me after he spun and flipped and twisted all up at at Charlotte, he did break his arm, but he said, man, 
if you do it over the course of several hundred yards, all of the inertia is taken away. However, if, if you hit a wall or another car with great impact at about a 45-degree angle, this is what Neil Bonnet told me, said when you hit at that angle, it takes a shot from your front, front right to your back left, and it kind of, the, the entire impact runs right through the driver. And yeah. And that was, the, that was the exact angle that Earnhardt hit the wall. At exactly. Daytona. Because yeah. um, at first, just thought, oh, hey, he's, he's going to be okay. But, and, and not to do a, a, a deep dive here, because we've talked about it for years, but um, as you well know, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was stubborn. And he wouldn't wear a Hans device. You know, he still had an open-faced helmet on when uh, in that Daytona race. Yeah, uh, he just wore goggles, and people kept telling him. He said, "Nah, I'm old school. This way, I'm going to do it." And ultimately, I, I think that uh, that had that contributed to what happened on that fateful Sunday afternoon in Daytona. So, uh, wow, a uh, lot to talk about with uh, NASCAR. Um, but well, we'll Matt, yeah, Matt, just sticking yeah. with NASCAR and Talladega, can you describe like how how was the crowd? Do you oh. feel that there's momentum coming back to NASCAR? Just your overall impression of Talladega this weekend. Let's do that when we take our final break here on Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. 
The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A good supply of sunshine this afternoon. Tuscaloosa's high around 70. Tonight, fair and cool with a low at 43. For tomorrow, partially sunny. The chance of a shower by mid to late afternoon. Showers are more likely tomorrow night. The high 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Back on Big News Sports, brought to you by Haley Sensing Union Home Sports. Lars, repeat your question again so those that uh, are just dialing in know what I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> Matt, you just you caught me in the middle of... Talladega. Uh, yes, uh, yes, yes. The question was... Uh, um, just your overall impression of, of the crowd, the level of excitement. Uh, is NASCAR, you know, on a ups uptick, or is it, you know, is it flat? Just, uh, just, just kind of give us a state of the sport analysis, just based on what you saw at Talladega, and I and I do believe Talladega is a pretty good barometer because because we have seen when the sport was at its peak. It t- I would have to leave at 5 a.m. in the morning to get out there. When the sport was struggling, I could leave 45 minutes before the race and get out there. So I, I think, uh, as mentioned, the the, the, the Talladega crowd kind of tells you how the overall health of the sport is. It does. But first, a question back to you. Are you writing your book during the breaks? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. It was uh, I just got distracted. I might, that's no, that's okay. It happens to me all the time, and unfortunately, Lars, it ain't getting any better. Uh, I can't. I can't tell you how many times driving my cart around from one place to another. I, every time I get up or get back in, I have to check like eight pockets to remember which one I put the key in, and I could go. I could go on and on about that, but. Uh, we do a good job, and that's due to the folks at Talladega, the folks at NASCAR. Uh, it, the weekend went very well, and the crowds just obviously they get bigger. And the Xfinity race and the ARCA race on Saturday were well attended. Sunday, you know, we're down there doing pre-race, and I'm looking up in the crowd, and I just don't see that many people. And then we get busy getting the, you know, the invocations and all that kind of stuff. Now look up as they're about to give the command to start your engines and it's seventy five percent full. I mean I, I haven't seen the official attendance, but I gotta think that it, even Sunday not adding the rest of the weekend, I would think they were close to a hundred thousand. And that's back to the good old days. If you'll remember fifteen, sixteen years ago, uh right before we had that economic ooh, uh 
There were hundred. They estimated one time there was one hundred and eighty thousand people there, Lars. Yeah. That, that one you had to leave at three <laughs> thirty to get right. here. But uh, I think the sport is healthy. Uh, I like the direction it's heading. Um, NASCAR is going out of their way to, you know, explore a, a few new different things. And I will tell you this, if you're going to go to Talladega, spend the extra money at least one time and go to the Talladega Garage Experience. I, I do a lot of work over there doing interviews and stuff for the fans. You you pay for VIP is what it is. Uh, and in that package, you, Sunday, when they're going into Victory Lane, you can go over to Victory Lane and, and get hit by the champagne. I mean, that's how close you are. And then the garage area borders up on Big Bill's, which is a restaurant bar area. They'll be working on a car five feet from you. Um, so they're really trying, as they have done for many, many years, 75 now, actually. They're trying to make it a fan-friendly experience, and uh, I think they've achieved it on all, all levels. I have not looked to see what kind of TV ratings they've received, but I have been keeping kind of a week-to-week thing, and attendance and television ratings are up. You know what that means? Sponsorship is up, and this whole sports lifeblood is whatever you've got on the side of your car, and then who's sponsoring Victory Lane and 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 I see uh, I see some new people from sponsors getting into the sport. Man, that is always good news. But you've got a pretty good feel for a sport that you covered for many years. Do you agree with what I'm saying? That you, I think it's on the uptick, and I think it has been ever since COVID. Yeah, uh, it, it feels like NASCAR has turned a corner. Um, can NASCAR ever recapture where it was in the early 2000s? Probably not. Um, the, the, the sporting landscape is, is, is a lot different now. And, um, and, and, you know, for better or worse, um, gosh, what's the best way to put this? Uh, the, the, the death of Dale Sr., it, it's shown a spotlight on the sport. And then the, the, the sort of, uh, and I'm in no way saying that that was a positive, but, um, it's simply in the, in the TV ratings. And then, you know, everybody then witnessed Dale Jr. go through such painful, uh, such a painful experience. And it's just, you know, people just became more interested in the sport, in the, and, and, and they got to know the drivers, you know, that's the key for NASCAR is it, it, it's, you need, like, like this is what I try to do in my books, right? With the, the, the characters that I create or not create, but the, the characters in the book, you try to humanize them so that the reader uh, has an emotional connection to whoever you are writing about. And I feel, and, and, and so these are nonfiction books, right, that I write. And it's almost the same thing happened with NASCAR where the non-fans suddenly had an emotional connection to Dale Earnhardt Jr. And then that opened the door 
for them to really explore the other drivers, right? The the, the Jeff Gordons, uh, uh, the Tony Stewarts, and, and and eventually that sort of began to wane. NASCAR, I think, made a bunch of mistakes along the way. You know, the 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 COT. Uh, what, what was that called? Not the COT. The 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 next. I, oh, there I, was I, a car of tomorrow. You're right. The yeah, car. the car of tomorrow. Yeah, I where think they put, that was the first one that kind of received the. Yeah, the they put the they put the wing on the car. It was just horrible, horrible. Uh, and and Brian France, I, I, you know, I, he made a lot of he made he made some very questionable calls. And um, but anyway, I, I just don't think NASCAR will get back to that level. Sorry, this is a long-winded answer, but I don't think NASCAR will get back to that level. But I do sense that it is back to moving up. I agree 100%, and we'll do it again in the fall. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a, a crowd equal, because the fall race with football and all that um, hasn't been as well attended as the spring race. But uh, that has changed significantly since it's become part of the dash, uh, you know, the championship run, too. Uh, so, winning in. Uh, hey, Lars, tomorrow I'm going to call uh, Alex Magoo right after the show or call the people that handle the interviews and get him on. So, uh, look forward to talking to him tomorrow and you as well, Lars. Thanks. Sounds good. See you, everybody. Securing the best mortgage.